Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wisdom for Life broadcast. This is Pastor Glenn with another episode that we hope will bless you. How many of you know we need to have an attitude of gratitude? I, I, listen, listen. You know I do this all the time. I just I preach the sermon before the sermon. But I just got I got I guess I tell you. You have got to realize how good you've got it. Now I sound like my dad and my grandpa, but you have got to realize just how good you have it. I am so appreciative to have this church. I am so appreciative to have a knockout blonde for a wife. I'm so, you know, you got to think that way. I'm so appreciative to have friends here. I'm so, I just, I'm, I'm so happy that I have you, that we have each other. Whatever you fail to appreciate will exit your life. You understand, it, 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 it's not about what you need as much as you recognizing what you already have and having an attitude of gratitude towards it. That is the leverage of increase. Do you understand leverage? Well, let me get geeky with you for a minute. Archimedes was the guy that first came up with this mathematical concept of leverage. He said if you had a lever that was long enough and big enough and strong enough, you could move the entire planet Earth. I can remember one time where my wife, when my wife bought this absolute junk of a vehicle. And she said, well, my husband can fix it. And I said, yes, I can. <laughs> you know, I'm the guy, it's like, if the jar doesn't open in the kitchen, it's like, what jar? You know, I just want to get out there and do, so I get out there and the brakes don't work. Everything's frozen. Everything's locked up. And I'm like, how am I, I don't have power tools, Greg. I don't have a, I don't have anything to get those lugs off. It's just crazy. Everything's rusted. And then God says, how about a little leverage? You know, I just, how many of you know you can get into a moment where God will speak to your heart if you, if you just, if you let the frustration just leave and just be thankful for what you do have. And I'm like, well, God, I don't have anything in my garage that's going to get those lugs off or get that caliper off or get those brakes off. It ain't happening. I guess I'm going to have to tow it, to, tow it in and pay a bunch of money. And the Lord showed me a bar over in the corner, just a, just a long bar. I said bar, and everybody said thought somewhere else. Get in the altar right now. That whole side, get saved. The Lord showed me a bar. <laughs> so I went and I, you know what I did? I went and I put it over, and I, I made it into a breaker bar. And the more leverage I had, the more power I had, and those lugs just snapped free. I had already in my garage what... I already had in my life what it took. Here's the problem. You think you need something to get your miracle. The something's already in your life. Listen, I want to teach you very quickly. Very quickly. There are three kinds of people in this planet. There are unthankful people, and there are thankful people before, and thankful people after. You're one of the three. I hate to generalize. I hate to put you in a basket or a box this morning. I hate to, to paint you with that wide of a brush, but let me just tell you, you're either unthankful or you're thankful before or after. 
Jesus Christ practiced a life of thanks living. Not just thanksgiving. That comes once a year, and boy, do I love it. I wish it was every single day. I'm with Casey Hensley. You know what I'm talking about, brother? Once a week, bake a turkey, all the trimmings. Just do it once a week. Why once a year? That's a sad thing, folks. Do the whole thing once a week. Come on. That'd get you saved. Jesus Christ was a person who was thankful before. Not just after. And his thankfulness before was like a lever. It was leverage that took what God had placed in his hands and used it as the seed to meet the need. Right now, you're saying, I don't have enough. I don't have anything. I don't have, you're breathing. You can see. Helen Keller didn't even have that. Stevie Wonder could see what I'm telling you this morning. You have sight. You can hear. Can you move? Your body works. You're breathing. You've got a lot. Do you, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? You have the presence of the Lord. The Bible says, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of... Oh, you know that. So if you've got the presence of the Lord, you've already got joy. You say, I don't feel joy. You don't understand. You've got the presence of the Lord. Use it as a leverage, as a lever. Use what you do have to produce what you don't have. It's not enough to meet the need. Make it your seed. I've preached that. I've taught that. So Jesus was a great before thanker. And what he thanked God for before wasn't enough. But then it became enough. That'll set you free from depression. That'll set you free from depression. You know what half of depression is? Half the battle of depression is not realizing what you already have. You're stuck on the the couch feeling blue for yourself, not recognizing that I have so much already in my life. I want to do a Jericho run. I'm preaching to somebody this morning, man. I've got so much to be thankful for. In fact, I've got an abundance. I've got more than enough. (laughs) Jesus was a thanker before. I would love to just move you to a thankful after. But please do not be an unthankful person. Knock it off. Let, let, let me take you a little bit farther. The first sin in heaven, yes, pride, Satan, right? But I want you to show that pride's twin brother is unthankfulness. He had position in heaven, and this is what the devil said. He said, I want to raise before I praise. Who was in charge of worship in heaven? Lucifer was. The Bible says that he had, he had instruments built into his being. He was the praise and worship leader of heaven. And he stopped for a moment, for a moment. He became unthankful and stopped the praise because he wanted a raise. He said, I'll send my stars above. Well, pastor, I need a raise at work. Are you t-? Listen, do you want the raise? Start with praise. Anybody hearing what I got this morning? You see, this is, this is what I'm telling you. You see, we come so focused on what we don't have, we don't praise God for what we do, and then we get into a countenance and an attitude of disgratitude, and then we get in the midst of people, and people go, I'm not promoting that. I'm not going to give the raise to that. That's not somebody with the right heart, the right spirit. And then you move to the other side, and you say, well, at least I'm thankful, but can I move you this morning to not just be a thankful person after to be a thankful person before. Come on, you know Jenny Craig. 
Before, after. Before, after. Okay, to this side. Before, after. Before. I'm a man of many talents. Not in my notes, and my wife will tell me later, you shouldn't have done that. All right. Luke chapter 17, 11. As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he's headed towards Jerusalem. He gets stopped in his mission. How many of you know that if you trace the steps of Jesus, it's a zigzag? Sometimes we're so focused on thinking we're doing the will of God, we don't understand that the will of God is in each moment. Carpe momentum, not DM. Don't just seize the day, seize the moment. Right in the moment, the Holy Spirit stops Jesus in his tracks and the will of the Father is now to be performed. He's on his way to Jerusalem. He reached the border between Galilee and Samaria and he entered a village and there 10 lepers stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Every time you cry out to God, have mercy on me, God stops. There is, it's almost like in Scripture, God is showing us an example that His Son's mission is to be stopped anytime there's an opportunity for mercy. You and I think, well, that's just too small to bring to God. And God says, that's just what I'm here for. Did you know the Bible says that the hairs of your head are numbered? Not an amount. It means each one has a number. All of that. Did you know the Bible says that God holds your tears in a bottle in the book of Psalms? Every single one of them. Now, some of you have a little bit less tears and hairs than others. But he has a number for each. He has a number for each. Every little thing in your life matters to him. And this crying out for mercy stopped him in his mission. It paused the Messiah. Woo! Now, I want you to see. He says he looked at them and, he, and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And I want you to see something. Have mercy on us. It says nothing at this point that they asked for anything other than mercy. Nothing. It doesn't say, it doesn't even say they had faith yet. Are you with me? Did you know that God, Jesus, healed lots of people who did not have enough faith to be healed? And did you know he also healed people that didn't ask for it? Did you know that it is the goodness of God, Romans tells us, that brings us to repentance? Not the judgment of God. The goodness of God leads us to repentance. It's almost as if the world doesn't see just how good our God is and just how willing He is to pump the brakes and stop in His tracks just to bless you even though you weren't even worthy of it, even though you didn't even ask for it, even though you didn't even have enough faith for it. So you say, well, pastor, I've, got, I've just got to have enough faith. Yeah, faith does miraculous things. But let me tell you, your God has mercy to even go into the areas you don't have faith. Are you seeing your God this morning? How good He is? Oh, Jack, it's coming off. He stops dead in His tracks and He says, go show yourselves to the priest. Let me preach this here. Let me, let me talk this here. They have leprosy. Leprosy is a condition that is like unto or synonymous to sinfulness. You'll see it throughout the Old Testament and the New. It is a picture of sinfulness. When somebody has the curse of leprosy, most people believe that either they sinned or their parents had sinned. Somebody in their life has sinned. You were not supposed to touch a leper unless you were a priest. 
Only a priest could touch a leper or they would be defiled. Why, why did Jesus go around touching lepers? Because he's a priest. He's a high priest. He's the great mediator. I'll pop my knee on that. He's the great mediator between God and us. That's what Hebrews says. So these guys got leprosy. They're unclean. They're supposed to walk around and yell at a distance, unclean, unclean, stay back, unclean. They're not even supposed to be in the region or the city. Have you ever been in a place where you shouldn't have been and God showed up anyways and blessed you and healed you? <laughs> Just You weren't doing the right thing. You weren't in the right place at the right time and you definitely wasn't the right person and God picked you anyways. Oh, not, not, not just me. Let, let, let me tell you, what in the world was an ex-drug user, drug salesman, what in the world's he doing preaching in this church this morning? Listen, buddy, you're the wrong person in the wrong place at the wrong time. No, I'm just the person that Jesus stopped in his tracks and said, hey, I'm here. The priest is here. You can come close. I can touch you. I can, I can use you. I can bless you. So this is what he says. Go show yourselves to the priest. Here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. Jesus was a high priest, but why send lepers to the priests? Between Malachi and Matthew, say it with me, please. Malachi and there's 400 years where there's no word from God. The word of God would come through prophets about the one soon coming Messiah or the Mishah. He was the one that had healing in his wings. The wings are the robe of the rabbi. Hello. There's 400 years in the intertestinal period where there's no word. No word. The last prophecies in Amos and in Malachi said that the Messiah will come with healing in his wings. When he does, in Leviticus it says, it'll be proof that the Messiah is among you when people with leprosy are healed. Jesus is saying, you guys, you guys, I'll have mercy on you, but I'm going to use it as a gospel moment. I'm going to send you to the high priest as an announcement that <clears throat> Humpty Dumpty, the king's here. Humpty, what? Is that funny? Humpty? <laughs> Humpty Dumpty? The king's in your midst. Humpty Dumpty, I can, fi I can fix this. This is a prophetic moment that the Messiah is here. All right, man. All right. So here's what, well, here's what happens. The Bible says, as they went. Say as. They went. Okay. So I want God to heal me. I don't sense or feel His healing. I don't have it. But I turn around, and as I obey and do what He just told me to do, you know, it's just in the last order given. What's the last order given? Did you obey it? Well, you don't get a new word until you obey the last word. What was the last order given? Go show yourselves to the priest. Well, they turn around. They're not healed yet. But the Bible says, as they went, did you know you need feet, feet on your faith? As they obeyed God, they were healed. But the interesting thing of the story, we haven't even, we haven't even struck oil yet. I'm going to wait a minute. Cleanse your palates. Talk amongst yourselves. What will come next? I hear the Jeopardy song. The Bible says one of the ten, when he realizes he's healed, turns back and does something remarkable. 
You guys ever watched The Little Rascals growing up as a kid? Yeah, you remember Spanky? He's, Spanky was watching all those kids in that one. He says, hey, can't you say anything besides remarkable? And that little kid goes, remarkable. My favorite. Man, I love The Little Rascals. It has nothing to do with the message. Just YouTube The Little Rascals. Come on. Come on. Amen, brother. Remarkable. He comes back to Jesus to give thanks. And Jesus says this, we blow right on past it. We don't, we, I'm telling you, we read the scripture all the time. We know the story. Hey, pastor, I know the story. I know it, I know it, I know it. I know how it ends. Do you really? Do you really know how it ends? Boy, you want to stop the car because there's some really awesome moments here. And I'm going to unpack just two of them. One is this. Jesus says to him and him alone, your faith has made you whole. Whole. Two assumptions. Assumption number one, all ten went to heaven. Doesn't say all ten had faith. We don't know that. There are at least nine that were healed, so we assume because they were physically healed that they were spiritually healed. Doesn't say that. We don't know. God be the judge. We do know, though, that there was one that said, I'm going to be thankful. Even though it was after, I'm going to be thankful. And I'm going to go back and thank Him. And the Bible says, from Jesus, your faith has made you whole. Now, I want you to look at that word whole. Leprosy, your fingers fall off. I know it's gross, but stick with me. Your fingers fall off, your ears fall off, all your appendages start to fall off. Now, I want you to imagine being healed from this wretched skin disease, then turning around and out of thankfulness, you're missing probably a few fingers. Maybe you were a great guitar player. Maybe you were the Eddie Van Halen of the time. Who knows? But you come back and out of thankfulness, you say, you did this. And I want to thank you. Before I do anything else, I want to thank you. And now imagine what was missing wasn't just bumps and lumps on his skin gone anything that was missing is now back he could have had this healing <laughs> you know there's two there's two kinds <laughs> there's the thank god i don't have that anymore and then there's the thank god he put everything back <laughs> it says whole his spirit was healed his soul was healed too. Could you imagine walking maybe for months, even over a year with leprosy, how that broke down his soul and his mind? And there isn't anybody here this morning that is broken in their heart. Oh, we're famous for shellacking and putting a lot of stuff in front of all that and putting on a pretty face and saying, I'm okay, you're okay, everybody's okay. When inside you're falling apart and you're broken. He was made whole. He got it all, not just in part. He got it all because he came back and was thankful. And as great of a message as that is this morning, that is still not as cool as it really could be. <laughs> you say, why don't you stop there? That's good enough for me. Because that's still a thankful after. 
The Bible doesn't say that all ten of them showed up and said, Lord, we thank you that you're in our midst. We know the Bible says you're Yehovah Rapha, healer. We know that. We know that the Bible says that when the Messiah comes, there'll be healing in his wings. We're thankful you're here. It doesn't say that. They All they seen was their condition, not Christ. Listen, before you go, before you go criticizing him, I do this with scripture all the time too. Take a good look at, do an evaluation. I do this all the time. I'm like, man, I do this all the time. I see my condition. I see my situation. I see the condition, not Christ. I see the situation, not the spirit. What, what if the next time you, you prayed, you prayed this way and had a real need and prayed this way? Father, I thank you in advance because I have you. I do have this need, but that's what I'm thankful for is I have you and that you'll provide all my needs. Jehovah Jireh, you'll provide. What I'm thankful for is, is not, not going to God and saying, God, you just, why? Why, God? And why am I, and why? And why? And God comes along and says, why is not as important as a who? Do you know who I am? I am everything you need. That's still a after. <laughs> That's not a before. But man, Jesus just, man, Jesus makes it so much better. How many of you know that Jesus shows us a better way? Because Jesus has a thankfulness that's before, not just after. Can I give you three situations where that happens? Say three. All right. Let's look at the first one. Man, this is good. Father, I pray that this revelation would occur to us this morning. I just feel like God... I just feel like people are listening to me and not your spirit. And Lord, we don't need to hear me. I don't want to hear me. Father God, I pray that we hear your spirit and your word. Someone's going to be set free today if they'll hear your word. This is not a performance. This is a proclamation of freedom. Give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus just received word. His good and best buddy, Lazarus, is dead. We know that both of the sisters come to Jesus as he's returning. And we find this account in the book of John, chapter 11, verse 41. And as he comes to the tomb, one of them says, if only you had been here. And another one says, you know, I know someday. I know someday my brother will rise again. And Jesus says in the present. He, he doesn't say in the past. He doesn't say in the future. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He comes before this grave. His friend is dead. Been dead four days. Now, I don't know what you're going through this morning. You're probably going through a lot. Don't want to diminish that. But it's got nothing on being dead four days. I mean, what you're going through probably smells, but it don't smell... Four days old. Four days dead. That's a smell. I mean, that's a... <gasps> you ever just like come up on something in the woods and be like, dear Lord. God, have mercy. <laughs> you know, he's just like... And it punches... You ever walk into a room and it, whatever's in that room punches you in the face before you get into the room? And it's like something happened. 
That's how bad it was. So, you know, you may have lost a job. You might be sick. You might have an issue. You, listen, you might have an issue with your spouse. There might be something going on with your kid. And I know that's a big deal. And I'm not trying to diminish that. But it's not four days dead deal. And Jesus walks up to this situation and thanks God for it. That's what he did. He doesn't tell the father, Dad, it's bad. Dad, listen, I'm going to need your help on this one because it is so honking bad. It's four days dead bad, Dad. Look at this, look at this, look at this. John eleven forty one. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you that you've heard me. Now, now, why don't I use that on me a little bit? Okay? Because we need to pick on me some. What if I did that the next funeral? What if I got up and thanked God? That's what he did. Put yourself in context of what's going on. He gets in the middle of all this and says, well... We're all here for a big funeral. It's been four days now. We know this dude is stinking. It's rank. God, thank you, you hear me. I want you to see that it was not a, it was not a thankfulness after. It was a thankfulness. What brought resurrection to his buddy, Lazarus, was an altar of thanks living. Thank you, God, you hear me. Now here's my need. <laughs> oh. Well, I tell you what our pastor needs, and I tell you what our church needs, and, and I'll tell you what that you, and we got, you know, if they would just do this at church, and, and I don't know, and it, 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 the blue carpet, parking lot needs this, you know, and that pastor, he didn't wear a tie. Hair's falling out. Some of you call me Rogaine the other night. I heard you. You just make sure it's Pastor Rogaine. Pastor. And you know, it, 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 this all happened at work. This all going on over here. It just stinks. Just dead and it stinks. And God says, you know what? You obviously don't appreciate my spirit and my presence and my word. Whatever you fail to appreciate will exit. You, you know, the Bible says that my spirit will not always strive with man. You understand? Yeah, God's will is to never leave you nor forsake you. But if you want to get away from God, it's hard. But it's not impossible. People have done it in the Bible. God, I just thank you that, yeah, my friend's dead, but that's way down here. I can have a conversation with the Most High and you hear me. We're going to focus on that. And we're going to use that as leverage to pop these lugs loose and get that lug out of the grave. And that's exactly what happens. You know when he comes out? I love this. You know when he comes out? He's doing the monster mash. You know, he's got this like, he's, <laughs> I don't know. That's, a, that's what comes in. <laughs> he does the mash. He do the monster mash. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. That's terrible. So he's coming out and he's wrapped in grave clothes. And you know what Jesus says? Huh? Loose him. Unwrap him. You're not meant to live like this. You're not meant to live bound. You're meant to just get life 
You're meant to have life and have it more. You can't live abundantly if you're up like this. Another quick, 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 quick moment in Scripture. Let's look at the second one here. Jesus is before 5,000 people who have been listening to Him preach like you have for the last 25 minutes. They've been listening all day. And if they're made of anything of the same substance as me, you go four hours of preaching and I'm not eating something, I'm mad. I'm angry. There could be a mob. You remember what the disciples do. They come to Him and they present Him with the problem. These people have nothing to eat. And all we have you know, Jesus, he, he doesn't even focus on that at all. He doesn't focus. He just says, well, you do it. You feed him. You feed him. You solve the problem. Let's see if you guys will get this. Because pretty soon I'm leaving and I'm sending my spirit. And listen, I want to see if you can do it like I do it. Because see, I don't want you to just see me do it. I want you to be able to do it too. Didn't Peter say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee. I'm not going to ask God to give me healing when he's already given me heat. He's already... Such as I what? doesn't say such as I will get. Well, how do you read your Bible? Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. We'll just, God, if you would just give me such as I... They never stopped and said, God, if you give me. So such as I have, I give unto thee. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. So here's this moment. Jesus goes, hey guys, you go feed them. And they're like, well, all we got is some Wonder Bread. You used to have those little stickers inside. Remember Wonder Bread? You don't, you didn't have that in Ohio. Which, okay, come on, come on, hallelujah. I thought I'd get a testimony. <laughs> used to have stickers in there in Wonder Bread. You remember that? I'm taking you back. I had grew up having jam sandwiches, two pieces of bread jammed together. That's as best as we got, but Wonder Bread. So all they had was a couple loaves of Wonder Bread and a few uh, and, and a few fish. The Bible says fishes, bad bad English, but fishes. And Jesus does something remarkable. He does a before, not after, and he says, he the Bible says he gave thanks. Then it multiplied. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. I can't say it fast enough. Give thanks. Then, I want to show you that the Holy Spirit believed this was so important that He wrote Scripture a certain way. You see, that story is in John chapter 6, verse 8, but in John chapter 6, verse 23, the Holy Spirit, through John, inspires John to write it this way. The place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. The, the, the Holy Spirit says that place is a place where the Messiah, where Jesus gave thanks. It wasn't the place where 5,000 got fed. Oh, come on. Come on, wake up. It wasn't the place where 5,000 got fed. The Holy Spirit said that's the place where somebody gave thanks. <sighs> Burning calories. That's what the Holy Spirit called it. The place of thanks. That was the miracle. That was the power. That was the leverage. That was the lever. 
the last time we see Jesus doing this. And this is the worst. I don't know how bad it's ever been for you. I can remember some bad moments in my life, man. Really bad moments. Bad moments even in church. You say, well, I've never had a bad moment in church. Stick around. You will. And God's got grace for that too. Don't go running from God because somebody was a human being at church and somebody needed the grace of God and somebody got stupid on you and you wanted to have the spirit of slap. And instead you just, Father, forgive, for they know not what they do because I want to mess up their do. But that's do-do. And I'll let you do. And in, in Mark chapter 14, verse 22, we see Jesus. He's sitting in a room with guys he know, he knows are going to betray him. Every single one of them. Well, John is the only one that doesn't. But every single one of them betray him. Not just Judas. Stop it. Every single one of them bail. As soon as they come to get Jesus, they're not even praying with them. They couldn't even tarry an hour. This is their buddy, their best friend. They've been with him for three and a half years. Listen, they did everything together. Don't Stop trying to clean up the Bible. They went to the bathroom together. They ate together. They washed together. This is, this is intimacy. This is closeness that we don't have. You see, we come together on Sunday. Hey, how you doing? Stay over there. Imagine this for a moment. The only thing that could come possibly close is, is family or military, where you actually bathe, go to the bathroom with, and fight with, and get the job done with people for three and a half years. And these guys bail. And Jesus knows they're going to do it. And in the midst of all of that, and he knows one's going to betray him so bad that he'll sell him out for a slave price. At 30 pieces of silver was a, a doubling of the slave price. Oh, I wish I had time to go into that. That'd been awesome. But see that message I preached on Hosea and Gomer. A slave price is what he sold out to be. And Jesus knows it. And in the midst of all that, you know what he does? He breaks bread and gives thanks. And one of you is going to betray me. But I'm giving thanks to God my Father. And you're all going to run and abandon me. You're all going to leave me. It'll be just the women and John that stick around. You'll all abandon me. You'll leave me completely alone. And you've seen me do miracles, raise the dead. You've seen me time and time again do the miracle working power of the Father. And you're going to jump on me. You're going to roll. I give thanks. I'm going to thank God anyway. The Bible says he gave thanks, then broke bread. I want to show you that thankfulness will keep you in the will of God. That's, that's for you. Not for the people that have stabbed you. Not for the people that have backstabbed you. Not for the etu brute. Not for the people that were your best friends that just came along and popped one in a rib for you. Let you bleed out. Because, you know, there's this convenience now that comes to relationships. And as soon as, and as soon as it's now inconvenient for us to be really in covenant 
or good friends with one another. I'm going to I'm going to have a disposable relationship. You know, McDonald's and Burger King friendships. That says I'm done with the meal and I'm done with you. And then you go, well listen, if the whole of the church or my people or the people that love me treat me this way, why should I continue? And Jesus says, let me tell you something. I know how you feel. I know exactly how you feel. But give thanks. Give the Father thanks. That is going to keep you in the will of God. Jesus knew what was coming next. The cross. He knew it was the cross. But I want to tell you that it wasn't just the cross. I want to tell you that He thanked God before. <laughs> you don't think He knew there'd be a resurrection? You don't think you'll have one? Resurrection means get up. You don't think... You know, we all celebrated, what was it, years ago? You remember Sonny and Cher? Sonny was way down here and Cher was way up here. Sonnyville, yeah. You remember Cher kept having her comebacks? And then, you know, you, you can only stretch a faith so much. And now it's, I mean, you can't have any more comebacks. I'm showing my age. But with God, there's always a comeback. And, 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 and it was the thankfulness of Jesus Christ, even in this moment. He says, my body's going to be broken just like this, but I give you thanks because I'll rise again. I'm coming back. It's not going to hold me down. This isn't going to keep me down for long. Three days, you got this, Father. God, you got this. You're going to betray me. You're going to hurt me. You're going to bail on me. You're going to disappoint me, discourage. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, bring it on. Because I've got my God. And I've got His Spirit. And, and, and even though my body will be broken, I give you thanks, Lord, because I'll rise again. I'm coming again. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'll tell you this. I, I think, I think we read scriptures like Jesus said, you know what? I have come that you might have life and have it more abundant, abundantly. But the thief, he comes for no other reason but to steal, kill, and destroy. And we think, devil, that's where you get me. No, you get it before the devil. And so do I sometimes. You know where it's at? It's, he doesn't, sometimes he doesn't have to steal it from you or kill it or destroy it. Sometimes it leaves your life because you're ungrateful for it. Appreciation and gratefulness is the seed for remaining. The moment that Satan no longer appreciated his place in heaven, and it was high, it's the seed for remaining. It's the seed for access. You can go through life with a key or a crowbar. Are you listening to me? Some doors will open with a key if you just appreciate people and appreciate God and love on what God's put in front of you. And you know what? That It'll just swing right open. You know how easy it is to open a door when you've got the key of appreciation and gratefulness? It just swings right open. But if you don't appreciate things, you'll pull out a crowbar and you'll be jamming at that thing forever. How, how rough of a life do you really want to have? I want to be like Jesus. I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to bust open the door, tear everything apart, be a sweaty mess, be all cut up, everything busted all over the place and say, thank God I made it. Here I am. <laughs> Some of you are like, that was this morning. <laughs> I got Cool. Yeah. 
But move it before, not just after. What if you just said, you know what, this morning, it stinks. It's terrible. I got pain still. It's st that stuff is still happening at work. And th that issue is still in my marriage. And that, that, that thing that's still happening between my kid and I, it's still going on. But I'm going to pull out the key. And I'm going to say, God, open this door in the name of Jesus. I'm going to show some appreciation and love. It, here's how I do it with my wife. And you, you might think this is manipulation. Whatever you want, it works for me. 31 years. This is what I, whenever I feel like I want more from her, pull out the key. I said, baby, I appreciate you. <laughs> do you know how much I appreciate you? You know you make me this, and you make me that, and you know how you look like this, and you look like that. And by the end of the day, once she's done clearing the smoke and putting, taking off her boots because she has to wear waders, whatever else, you know what she says, Penny? You know what she says, Penny McClanahan? What you want, baby? Come on! What you want? What you want? Take it. What you want? Greatest country in the world. You got it. Go on this. Go on this mission trip. Go. You'll see. Greatest country in the world. You got two, three cars. Boat in the backyard you haven't used in five years. Three, four TVs. Full fridge. Big old belly. Come on, just like me. You're balanced. The bubble's in the middle. Got it all going for you. Father, I appreciate you. God, I'm so thankful. God, I'm so thankful. You picked me. Come on, pray with me. Is there anything you can thank God for and be thankful for today? Anything? Come on. God, thank you for my wife. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for this wonderful church. Thank you, God, for good people who love me. Thank you, God, for a job. Come on, I sound alone. Thank you, God, for Finley. Thank you, your spirit is here. You're doing a mighty work among the churches, God. In Finley, your church, God. In Finley, thank you, God, for a room full of those of like precious faith who encourage me, who lift me up. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for health. Thank you that I could be here vertical today and breathe and praise you. Thank you. Thank you. Would you stand with me right now? Probably one of the things that I'm the most thankful for are lives that are changed. In fact, that is it. That's simply it. And this morning we get to celebrate one more time. How many of you know we've just been having baptisms like crazy, man? And Miss Lori and Mr. Casey are going to get baptized. Go ahead, sir. You can go right through there. Yeah. Awesome. Come on, let's give them a hand. Amen. Amen. How many of you know that probably the most important thing, even bigger and better than going to heaven, is taking somebody with you? I just want to go with somebody, man. You know, I call it the power of with. I want somebody to ride shotgun.
I want somebody, I want to be with people and go to, go to heaven with people. This ain't a solo gig. Come on, Lone Ranger. Even he had Tano. You got this situation where you see people changed. And I'm thankful. And the more we appreciate that, the more people will see change. And the more full your church will get. Well, all right. I feel like Eeyore. Oh, poo. You know Eeyore? This is not an Eeyore church in the name of Jesus. 